You pray first. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to learn about Revelation 1, verse 1. I'll bet there's a lot of good tidbits in there. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be here again. I just got back in town. I've been down to Houston. They had a uh, conference down there for this man named uh, Overseer Alice Lacau. He has a great ministry over there in South Africa. And uh, they're going to start one of the ministries here in, in the United States. And their meeting was down in Houston. <clears> there <throat> was over a thousand some people there. And we were there from 12 o'clock till 1130 that night. Now, most people complain about praise and worship for about if you do more than 30 minutes. But you figured the first five hours, we did nothing but praise and worship there. And then we got got into the teachings and testimonies, and then we got into people being prayed for. And I, say, I appreciate those people coming over here because, you know, it's strange. But here we sent missionaries to Africa to win souls. Now they're sending missionaries to the United States to win souls. <laughs> that shows you how things is reversed and how we didn't got so far out of place now. But thank God he has not forget us, that God still remembers us. And I just want to say hello to all my friends out there that uh, listen to the broadcast, and I pray that you'll learn something, whatever the Lord has for you, like I have to learn whatever the Lord has for me. So let us pray right now. Heavenly Father, you're good and kind and a provider for all of us. You, we know you are the king of the universe. You're the king of kings, Lord of lords, and God of gods. And you're the one who supplies all of our needs through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the word of God. Father, there's so many things out there that attacking your church right now. And one of the main things <clears throat> is people. They done lost their they don't lost their discernment. They don't know what is really what is of God and what is not. What is what is the things that we should be doing as Christians versus what we shall do to have fun ourselves as being human, and not realizing we're being attacked each and every day by a demon called witchcraft. Witchcraft has taken over people's mind. One of the things that's associated with witchcraft is Jezebel. And because Jezebel and Ahab and all these other minor things that's been attacking us, a lot of times we, some of us have lost hope. But my hope is in God, and my spirit's hope is in God, and the people's hope is in God. So that's why we come before you asking you right now, asking, seeking, and knocking for your presence to be upon us, to bring in the Holy Ghost and fire in us that we may be able to defend ourselves against the wiles of the devil that when we walk forth, that the power of God walks forth in us and that the the world will see the light that's in us because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And as we start to submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, they will know we are the sons and daughters of the most high God. And seeing that when we go forth, the power of God, which is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, goes ahead of us. But he also raises up a standard to any evil spirit that comes against us 
for we are the children for these last days. We are the ones that's ready to fight against the enemies. Well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, we're, we're spiritual beings, Father, and we're asking you right now to, to by encouraging us, by giving us more of the power, more of the power, more of the power, so that our enemies will run from us because they'll say, he is the son of the living God. We know who that is. She's the daughter of the living God. And if they they have some that are, they want to fight us back, let our 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 strength increase. That we just put them up under our feet and crush their heads. That we use the word of God, all the word of God that says yea and amen for us, and denies the enemy. <clears throat> that we can walk forth in the power and the anointing of what the Holy Spirit brings to us. But the greater one lives in us. The greater one leads us and guides us into all truth. And because of that, we, we, the children of God, are going to get stronger and stronger in these last and evil days. But those that work against us, they'll soon be cut down and wither as the grass. And God's glory will go forth. And we'll hear that one day when he says, the kingdom of this world has came the kingdom of our God and his Christ. And his Christ is the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen. Well, as I said last week, we didn't get a chance to get into the book of Revelation because we had so many people calling in, and I was so happy for y'all to call in, or not last week, the week before, because I was getting ready to go down to uh, Houston, Texas. They had this big revival going on. And I'm trying to tell you, we we the children of God <clears throat> sometimes complain about, well, we did praise and worship for God for an hour, and that's enough. You know, we don't you don't have to do all that to be saved. Well, I'm going to tell you, I was with the church that we uh, pr- praised and worshiped God for five straight hours. And then after that, we took a break and came back to more praise and worship and then taught the word. And then we didn't get out of there until 11.30 or about 11 o'clock at night. So all you teetotalers who just don't want to go to church for about an hour and figure it's all over, get yourself and stretch it out more. Do at least two, then try for three. And then after a while, we'll be where God wants us to be. He wants to. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to sacrifice to him and that, he, and that we admit that without him, we can't do nothing. Boy, this is a great, 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 great time of what's getting ready to happen. The chariots are coming into the, into the, this earth with God's children for us. But they said, the Bible says the earth is moaning, a groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the children of God. And that's who we are. All right. Let us start to <clears throat> look at the book of Revelation. And as I say, anybody out there got any questions, You uh, all you have to do is push one. And they'll let them know at the station that uh, people are calling in. And if you really like this broadcast, uh, later on I will give you a, a, a place where you can call in or send a donation. Because, as I say, the broadcast, you know, things that people have to set up these things, it costs. And no, I'm not saying, oh, give me money or I'm going out of business. I'm going to tell you, I've been in business for over 40 years with the Lord. 
Never once have I had to say that. Another thing, too, when we take up offerings at our church, we only take up one offering, and that's the tithes and offering. And then I tell you, if God don't bless you, now I want you to tell, ask any of my members, they'll tell you. I say, if God don't bless you, tell me how much you don't gave, and I give you all your money back. Now, do you see any other churches doing that? They talk about you got you got to live by faith and not by sight. Well, they most of them are not living by faith. They're asking you to live by faith so they can get your money. But here, I'll show you it'll work. I don't care if you flat busted. If you even send a dollar, or even if not even a dollar, just ask for prayer and say, pray that I will receive finances. And I ain't charge you a penny and watch how God will move heaven and earth so that you can get a pay raise or get some money or whatever God's going to do. Because I never know. God does what he wants to do, and I'm so glad he's God and I'm James. All right. The revelation of Jesus Christ. It goes as this wise. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto his him to show his unto his servants things which must shortly or soon come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So in other words, here's what it says. The revelation. Well, what word revelation mean? It means to reveal something, something that's hidden. Our God hides things. It's his prerogative to hide things. But once he shows you how he hid things, then it's your job to explain or give it out to people the, the secret of the word. For the more you understand the word, the more the word will work for you. Just like if I tell you that uh, God operates by three things, that is uh, frequencies, noise, and uh, vibration. Frequency, noise, and vibration. Everything is operated on that principle. So when God said, let there be light, it wasn't light that you look up and see. It means the word is W, I think it's W-R, I mean O-R-W, which means odd, something that we really couldn't translate until the latter days, which means <clears throat> let there be knowledge or wisdom because people's uh, languages are different, and each language has its own thing. You who are speaking English, if I told you right now, I said 411. Now, somebody from another planet came over here, and they, they heard you say 411. They think you talked about numbers. But we who are brought up in this time period, when we hear the word 411, we, we know that it means information. Well, that's the same thing with God's word. God's word hides things. But if you understand the precept on how to interpret God's word, all of a sudden, it's just as simple as it can be. God wants us to do three things. Worship him, adore him, and not forgetting to take care of your neighbor. For if we show love one to another, we show that God lives in us. So anyway, let's get back to this thing here. It says, to, uh, that God gave it unto him, who is him, to Jesus, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, Who's his servants, the ones that God has called in to help with this gospel. And he sent and signified it by his angel, and the word angel means messenger, unto his servant John. So in other words, he said, I, this is a revelation. I'm revealing it to people. And as I reveal it, remember the Bible interprets itself. 
So he uses only his servant, not the devil's servant, to interpret the Bible. And he gave to uh, John about what is getting ready to soon to happen. And they thought, well, it means then. But with God, there's no such thing as time. Right now, the crucifixion is still going on right this second. God has raised, God has raised Jesus from the dead. We're into the last uh, seconds of the clock. But because we have time to show things, God does not. So he can be anywhere at the same time. That's why it says in the Bible that all shall hear him and all those pierced him shall see him. Well, we look at they're all dead and stuff, but no, according to God, it can happen all this at the same time. Yes, Lord. Let me keep going. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things he saw. So here's John. That's who, he, who is bearing witness of the word of God. What is the word of God? Aleph Tau. Aleph Tau is the Hebrew alphabet. Everything was created by the Hebrew alphabet, sounds, frequencies, and noise. And of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus told you who he was. He says, I'm the Alpha and Omega in Greek. But in Hebrew, his name is Aleph Tau. He said, I am the beginning and the end. Well, everybody knows that uh, the alphabet is what starts, and at the end is what the last letter is. Well, he's the beginning and the end. He's, he's the Alpha and Omega. He's Olive Tau. He says, blessed is he who readeth, and they that hear the word of prophecy, and kept those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, let's look at that word, blessed. The Hebrew words, it can be more than one word at the same time. I'm just The reason I'm taking you all through this and slowing it down is that you can get the secrets of how to understand God's word and how it will work for you. You don't have to run around to every prophet in the, in, the, in the United States trying to get a word from God. You can get the word from God by learning how to understand how do God put the word out there, sound, frequencies, and noise. In fact, about it, he even got an alphabet named after that, and it's the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is hey. Hey means thought, speak, action. So everything is made by thought, speak, and action by God. And then he wants us to imitate him or be like his son. That's why Jesus said, I don't do nothing but what I see my father do. And when he when we start understanding, okay, whatever the Bible says, it is true. And it ain't always literal. It ain't always spiritual. And it ain't always uh, uh, just saying one thing, but it can say 10 things at the same time. So anyway, let's go back to that third verse. It says, blessed is he that readeth. Thank God I got a blessing. Blessing means happy. I am made happy by hearing God's word. And they that hear the word of this prophecy, this prophecy, it didn't say some other prophecy. It says this prophecy and kept those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. In other words, getting close to the end time. It says, John to the seven churches, which is in Asia, grace unto you, and peace from him, which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed, washed us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. What does that mean? 
that he washed us. Well, the Bible teaches you. I told you the Bible always interprets itself. There's a part in there where it says, by the washing of the word. In other words, as your mind gets elevated, the more you understand the word of God, the stronger you become. And then you realize that you have been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, with a process by his blood. And the word blood also means by his life, by what Jesus lived. He taught us, if you will obey my examples. Follow the way I walk and see how I understand things like my father who taught me. Then you're being saved, you are saved, and you shall be saved. All right? And the sixth verse says, And has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory, dominion, and forever and ever. Amen. You notice it doesn't say the anointing. It says, to him be glory and dominion. Dominion means to rule over something. So as the glory enters into you, which if you go back and read Isaiah, the 60, I think it's the 61st chapter, where it talks about a rise, shine, for the light of God has come upon you, or the glory. It's going to be a time. It also says in the book of Daniel, that they're going to look upon us, those are the children of God, and they're going to see the light in us. And we're going to be uh, noticeable, different between those of the darkness and those of the light. God ain't trying to kick us out of heaven. God is not trying to put us in hell. God has said this is the way the rules are. Obey the rules, you come home. You fail the rules, you go to hell. Now, it's because we fail to prepare, that's why we go to hell. But if we prepare to get for heaven, that's where we'll end up. All right. Then it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and them which also pierced him, and all kind all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so all of mem. That's the way you really pronounce this word, all of mem. And what the word olive means, olive mill means, it means uh, they, you've been taught in the Bible school, so be it. But I'm going to tell you another way that, because I told you with Hebrew words, it can mean different things. This means truth. When it says, I am the way and the truth, that's what it's talking about. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth. The word of God is the truth. So when you're saying olive mill, you're saying this is the truth. So and we just read those um, seven verses, and the word seven means complete. Then we just learned that God's word is true and that we're saved by Jesus Christ. He is the only man, only man, that is the mediator between God and man. And they let you know, and it says, and the man, Christ Jesus. So if you go look this up, see, I won't tell you nothing that's not there written in the Bible. Or if there's something that might be missing out of our 66 books, I will tell you there's some things missing, but if you look it up, if you go look at Josephus and some other books, it will give you the answer. Josephus was one of the historians that wrote about Jewish history. He was there during Jesus' time. He was there during the uh, when the war uh, when Jerusalem got torn down. So he has an understanding and he's a witness to all these things. Now it says. That seventh verse again. It says, Behold, he comes with clouds. And the word cloud has a, if you have the King James Version, you'll see uh, 
semicolons behind it. That means, hey, you got to listen for the rest of the story. It says, every eye shall see him, and they which also pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Now, what does the word cloud mean? Cloud means people. Well, you you mean like cloud in the sky? No, not this time. Now, there is time they will talk about the clouds in the sky when it says God uh, walks upon the clouds and it's the dust under his feet. But there's a lot of things about the book of Revelation, what I'm revealing to you now. It can be literal. It can be symbolic. It can be symbolic literal. That's why we have to take our time and let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth. All right, and it says, I am Alpha and Omega, and I already explained that. That's Greek. But in Hebrew, his name is Aletal. He says, I am Aletal, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is come, which is to come, the Almighty. Then it says, I, John, also uh, your brother and companion in tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, while was in the isle that was called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So in other words, John is saying, listen, I, am, I, I, I have the same feelings you have. I'm not better than you are. I'm not beneath anything that you are. But he says, I want you to know he humbled himself. And so do we. We're supposed to humble ourselves among people. We ain't supposed to go around, I'm a, I'm a king, and you're supposed to bow for me. I'm the queen. You're supposed to carry my books and stuff. See, all these preachers that's having all this done, they don't realize they're going to lose their position. I ain't saying they're losing their soul. I said they're going to lose their position when they get to heaven because you always got somebody carrying around your stuff. And Jesus said, I did not come to serve. I mean, for, come for you to serve me, but I came to serve. And that's what he wants us, to be servants. And as you're being servants to somebody else, believe me, God's going to remember it, and God's going to give you what you need, all right? Then it says in the 10th verse, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. A lot of people are saying that uh, the prophecy about Donald Trumpet, that, that's part of that thing, trumpet, that's what it meant. Well, I want to tell you, God can do anything. <laughs> if God wants his name, the trumpet, to be the leader of the world, that's who he's supposed to be. People shouldn't complain about somebody else's servant. Listen, you got enough time to take care of yourself instead of criticizing somebody else. All these the wars and stuff, we already know there's supposed to be wars and rumors of wars. But it doesn't say that, hey, we're supposed to turn against everybody that we don't agree with. Now, if it's if it's against God's word, yes, I'm against them. But if it's not against God's word, leave them alone. Because you're going to get, you're the one that's going to be in trouble, just like the people that complained about David. David was a man after God's own heart, though we look at all the things he did. But the thing is, God loved him. And he blocked out his sin, which he'll do for you if you walk right with him. Okay, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, remember again, the first and the last. And what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia and Ethiopia and to Smyrna and to Pergamos and to Thessalia, Thessalonica, and Sardis and into Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. Each one of those names I just read has a meaning for it. 
So you'll have to look it up. Now, I'll just give you one simple one. The word Philadelphia. The word Philadelphia means uh, brotherly love. There's another word in the Bible. It's in the book of Luke. It talks about Othesilidius. I cannot pronounce the name today. But it means the one who loves God. And the more you learn how God hides things, then all of a sudden it becomes more and more clearer to you. And you got to remember, this is where most people forget. They forget you have an enemy out here, and his name is Satan. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When good things are happening to you, it's from God. When bad things are happening to you, it's from the devil. God doesn't need to use uh, sin to, to test us and stuff. But he, he'll hand us over to the devil. And our sins will either find us out or we'll be uh, corrected or we'll be set free by the word of our testimony that we obeyed the word of God. All right. And it says, and I turned to see the voice which spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot and girded with paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white as wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. A lot of people try to interpret this part of the Bible, talking about his head and his hair were like wool. And so that means that he must have been a black man. But I'm trying to tell you, it says like. It didn't say his hair was wool. It was trying to get you to get to the thing where it described the color. And sheep wool is basically white, what I've seen. And it's white as snow. It may even cleared it back up and said, hey, the Bible interprets itself. And his eyes are a flame of fire. All right? His feet were like unto a fine brass. And if they burnt, as burnt in a furnace, and his voice as sound of many rivers. In other words, God used the interpretation sometimes of spiritual things to speak about natural things. Sometimes he takes natural things to speak about spiritual things. That's where you have to have the gift of interpretation or the gift of discernment. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. Well, now look at that. When it says it was in his hands with uh, seven stars. Well, seven represents angels. I'm telling you what it is before we get there. That's why when you heard there were seven angels back in the fourth chapter, I mean fourth verse, there were seven angels which are before the throne of God. Well, those seven angels, they're Michael, Raphael, Gabriel. Those are the only three that you've ever been able to read or find. But there are more in there, and it's hidden in there. And one of the days I'll teach on it, like the presence UL. That's why when Moses said, I will never go up without your presence, he was talking about the messenger or the angel UL. And there's some other stuff, but right now we're going to keep on going here. And then it says he had a two-edged sword in his mouth. Now, you know he didn't walk around with a two-edged sword in his mouth. That's, that is symbolic. And what it talks about is as his word speaks, it's like a two-edged sword. It'll cut one way and cut the other. In other words, everything will bow to the word of God. 
Everybody exists through the word of God. And nothing that is here can defeat the word of God because of the position that it is in God's kingdom, which is the two-edged sword. And then it says, his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. Well, what color is the sun? That's according to what planet you're on. Our sun is is yellow, but there's some out there that are uh, white, completely white. Whatever God color he wants to be, he can be. So let's get away from racism. God can be whatever he wants to be. God said, I want to know what's in a man's heart. He didn't say, I want to know what's in your skin. Because he created the skin. He created the heart. He created everything. But he's going to judge you by your heart. If you show love, you receive love. Well, what about when I do good things and and bad things happen to me? Remember, your job is to overcome evil with good. And that you are a pilgrim or a person passing through this world because the Bible lets us know who is the God of this world? Satan is. What does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. What is God? He is the light or the truth. And what does the truth do? It comes to set you free. The truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. The more you understand the understanding that the devil is only doing his job and our job is to fight back and defeat him. All right. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead and laid his right hand or the the word hand means thought. And what is the right side of the brain? It is the, uh, you have two types of the brain. You have the logical side and you have the emotional side. You want a miracle to happen? You unite both of those together. That's why it's not about marriage when it says, when Adam and Eve got married, he was uniting two sides of the mind, the one that was logical, which was man, and the, the word that was emotional, which was Eve. That's why she's the mother of all the planet, because you've got to have compassion to have heart to have love. And man was incomplete until he had a woman to love. And that's what she's incomplete until she has a man to respect and love. If we come around loving, respecting each other, and when you get into an argument, just remember, hey, it's opinion. You might think you're right, but you ain't got to be right. Just an opinion. So get over it. Try to live in peace. If one person wants to start an argument, keep your mouth shut. But it's embarrassing. I'm a man. I'm supposed to be in charge. Doesn't matter. You want to keep you want to keep the woman, or you want to keep an argument. I rather live in peace myself. Now, if everything, if that woman just wants to keep being rebellious, you got to remember, she probably got a spirit called Jezebel in there. And then what you do is you start praying against Jezebel and talking to Jezebel. It will flee from you. I'm telling you. I've met many women that have Jezebel in them. And as I be talking and praying to God, and then all of a sudden Jezebel will come up and say, start speaking. You'll say, what is your name? Oh, you ain't got enough power to get my name. What is your name? Don't realize you're not talking to a person anymore. You're talking to a spirit. And the same thing happens with women. They can be talking to a man, talking about, I just love him and he'll change and stuff. Listen, you better use the word. You better use the word. Psalms 91, that he put his angels around me. That uh, if I call upon the name of the Lord, he shall take care of me. In other words, stop depending on you 
your power of yourself, but depend on the power of God, that God has this. And if we obey God, obey the word, we'll start moving into that spiritual realm that we need to be in. All right? And it says one, uh, number 18. Oh, let's start. I missed that 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on his thought upon me, saying unto me, See, you can't, the hand ain't going to say nothing. This is the thought. He's spoken now. Fear not. I am the first and the last. He's taking it so that we'll stop looking at uh, Alpha and Omega, looking at some other different language. But he's saying, listen, I'm the first of everything. I'm the last of everything. Nothing is created without me. I am the truth, and the truth will make you free. Then it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen means truth, and have the keys of hell and death. Now, that is so important, because back in the old days, how did people stay under bondage? By fear of death. Fear of death. That's what happened with the children of Israel. They was in captivity for 400 years. Fear of death. And they worked for the Egyptians, which means bondage. Then it says, 19, write these things which thou hast seen, and these things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery. Now, see, the Bible always told you it has things, but it'll teach you to read for the, uh, the truth to be revealed. Revelation. It says, the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. Now look at it. That word mystery. Mystery means hidden truth. Jesus, every time he was taught to his disciples and people, he would talk to them in a mystery. He would talk to them by uh, Proverbs, which is a hidden story or hidden mystery or hidden word. And that's why we have to look for the jewels for us. For the longer we live, the more we look for the jewels, the more God will reward us and we will be happy. Happy, happy. What about when things are going bad? Still smile because the devil hates you to be happy. He can't stand that. And so now the Bible tells you, uh, the 20th verse, it said the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. So the seven stars are the seven angels. A minute ago, I started teaching you the, the names. Let me go ahead and give you all seven names. First name is uh, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Remiel, Rubiel, and Senuel. Now, they can have other names with that, but these are the basic names. And what they mean, Michael, it means one like unto God. Gabriel is the messenger angel. Uh, Raphael, which is, you've heard of Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. That's what he does. He's the healing angel. No, you don't pray to those angels. You don't worship those angels. All worship goes to God, the Most High. All right? The next name is Uriel. I told you, he is the one that when Moses said, I will not go up without your presence. When you get ready to do deliverance, that's what you be calling. When you say, I call it the presence of, of God, that's one of the angels that's in the Holy Spirit. And so when you call him the Holy Spirit, is the presence, you're actually calling your rail. 
And I told you God's word, thought, frequency, and action. All right. Yes, Lord. And keep going here. And then there's uh, Uriel. He's the one that's in charge of uh, the what they call the luminaries. And then there's, uh, let's see, Rubiel and Rhett and Raviel. Raviel. He's in charge of just now punishment against those things. And then there's the last one is Sinuel, or it can be pronounced uh, Sin. Let me see, what's the other word for him? C A N I E L, I believe. Carousel. Carousel, that's it. Anyway, and his job, he's one of the most feared angels of them all. Because he's very a kind, peaceful angel. But to anger him, He's the one who destroyed uh, the nation of uh, nation of uh, Egypt. He's a very fierce angel, and all of them bow down and under the control of Jesus Christ in the third heavens. Okay. Uh, is there anybody out there got any questions, comments? Let's see, I give you a chance to call in. All you do is push the button uh, number one. And they'll get you here to broadcast. Dorothy, do you have anything? I was thinking about one thing, and this may seem like an odd question. As I love that verse that the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um what would that look like? The manifestation of the sons of God. What can you tell us what that would look like? Yes. The manifestations of the Son of God is is actually what Jesus showed. Jesus was the Son of God. He also was the Son of Man. But what did the Son of God do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He taught the word. He prayed for people. He prayed for nations. And we are the sons of God. We're supposed to be doing the same thing. For the when we say the sons of God, we're talking about humanity. We're not just talking about men, but we're talking about women too. We're talking about children. We're the ones that's supposed to be coming up now and as we're starting to pray, hell is supposed to be filling our prayers. Hell is supposed to be the one uh being scared every time he comes near us. Because we walk around as a temple of the Most High God, those that are filling themselves. That's the thing. You've got to fill yourself with the Word of God. So when you walk into a, let's say, a uh, church that is out of order, in other words, uh, a heretical church, and uh, they're working witchcraft, because you've got people in there in your pulpits and stuff, preachers, that are working witchcraft, and yet still, they should feel uncomfortable when you come into their church. I've been, I went to one church, uh, it's been a while back, that this man, I recognized that he was a warlock up in the pulpit. And the rest of the people didn't know, but I did, I could see it. So then uh, this lady who was sitting next to me, she was afraid of this guy up in the pulpit because she knew him from way back out of town in California. And I started praying. I said, Lord, let her physically feel the presence of the kingdom that's in me surround her. She felt the power go around her, and the and the warlock. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and he did not want to start anything. You've got to be in charge 
You've got to be strong in the power of his might, God's might, putting on the whole armor every day and everything, and praying all the prayers that you can use for to set the people free. All right. You got any, did I answer your question? Yeah. So that's sort of like that dream I had that I told you about last night with the Muslim saying that Allah created God, you know, <laughs> and the pe- and the people got up and set them straight, you know. Mhm. Yep. Now I understand what he was trying to say because in Islam, the word Allah it can also mean uh, the one God, and that's why. He, but they don't understand their teaching and our teaching are different because in the end times. We're supposed to have the Antichrist is supposed to come here and rule the planet for seven years. Well, the Islam, their Mahadi, which is the same thing as for us, the Antichrist, is supposed to rule for seven years. So that lets you know they're they're opposite of each other, even though they try they always try to copy or imitate God. But we know the truth. The truth is there's only one God, and they admit there's only one God. They say that uh Jesus is a good man. We say, yeah, Jesus is a good man. They say that he, that God has no son. We know that God does have a son. And there is no set thing they can say, well, because they believe that way, that God cannot have a son. See, the thing is, their interpretation is different than ours. We know the truth because our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, has revealed himself and is forever revealing himself right now what we read in Revelation. All right. Well, as I told y'all, anybody want to call in, just push your little button there, and we'll see what the Lord says as you ask me questions. Because I don't know it all. I tell anybody I don't know it all. I know a little bit, but the little bit is enough to help you to get along with this life and how to be blessed and find out that we are truly just pilgrims passing through. This is not our home. All right. Let's go to Chapter 2 then. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things said he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. In other words, he's saying to the messenger of the church, I know thy works and thy labor and thy practice and how you cannot bear them which are evil and that have tried them which said they are apostles. The word apostle means sent one, okay, and are not. And has found them liars, and has borne, and has uh, patience for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have something against thee, because I have left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from which thou fallen, and repent, and do the first words, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove. Now listen to what he says and remove thy candlestick out of his place and accept thee repent. Now, let's look at what this means. It says, first of all, God this is, is written in red, so this is Jesus talking, all right? He talks about uh, one of the candlesticks and the messenger, and we're right now is Ephesians. You have to look up the word Ephesians, see what it means. As I told you, every word has a meaning. That's why it says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then it says, 
that just go back to two here. It says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how you cannot bear or tolerate them which are evil. Wait a minute. You're talking about the church. Yes. We're talking about there's many people and there's evil people in the church and not only in the church, but also sitting up here in the pulpit. Thou hast tried them which says they are apostles or sent one or not and have found them liars. In other words, false prophets, false teachers, false preachers. You got all kinds of stuff in the pulpit. And then you got witches and warlocks coming in the church. And what they do is they come in like uh, uh, lambs or sheep, but actually they're a wolf. And they're taking darts. They have what they call darts. They really do. I've seen them. They're purple looking. And they have like a epidemic needle on it. And what they do, they have little words written on the side of those darts, and they throw it into people. You're sitting up there, and all of a sudden you got a headache, and you don't know why. You're sitting up there, all of a sudden you're mad at sister so-and-so, and you don't know why. All of a sudden you're mad at your husband. You don't know why. They're hitting you with darts, and because your full armor is not on, I'm going to tell you, it's more than just speaking it. It's living it. That your full armor is not on, it affects you. In other words, you're supposed to be fighting against the devil, not agreeing with him. You're supposed to fight against our adversary, Satan, and not agree with him. Just because you see somebody stumbling today in the gutter don't mean he's going to be stumbling tomorrow in the gutter. He might be the one that's going to get saved and save many souls. So our job is not to condemn. Well, he said we didn't come to condemn people, but our, our job is to warn them, pray for them, pull them away from the fire of the devil and pull them to the fire of the most high God, the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's part of that thing there. And then it says, it says, uh, we have a question. Okay. Let me in. Area code 631. Your line is open. Hello. Hello, man of God. How are you doing tonight? Well, the Lord is keeping me and promoting me, Amen. but, uh, you know, going through, I do have Amen. some questions though. Yeah. Well, go ahead and ask. All right. Um, you had said something earlier and I had been hearing this about how, uh, when we're under attack and stuff, it's not the Lord who's attacking us, right? Right. It's it's our enemy. Right. Or if we get a disease or something. I had heard mm-hmm. uh, this revivalist um, going on about uh, how Jesus came to, you know, heal you, and he took the stripe, the straps on his back, and all that. And if he had if he was sending out diseases and stuff, it, it'd be uh, a kingdom against itself, which couldn't stand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had been reading here through the Psalm uh, 119. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it. Uh, okay. Well, give and me it's a few seconds saying, there now. And I'll find oh, Give me a few seconds there to catch up with you, Dan. Right. Well, that gives me a moment here. I'm sorry. Okay. Let me see. Psalms. Yeah. Psalms one nineteen. Okay. I'm just about there. 
And there I am. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And it says somewhere here, um, essentially it's saying, Lord, I know that it is you who has afflicted me. And then I think it's it's asking for mercy about that. Mm. I find where exactly. I know here at 65, it starts talking about how it was good for me that I was afflicted uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, then they that, that brought them unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to me, I wish I could find where the scripture was. I, don't, I had it earlier. I don't know why it disappeared, but that seems to be completely against what you and these other servants of the Lord are saying. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get a little deeper. Let's get a little deeper. When it talks about it's glad that I have been uh, afflicted and stuff, it, it means that I have done something wrong. And God says in the New Testament, says that if you're his child, he will whoop you. And then it's, in the Old Testament, it says, whoop them, and they will not die. And they'll keep them away from strange doctrine. So in other words, when God is punishing you for something, he's not, God only punished his kids, okay? And when we talking about uh, the other type of affliction is that God has uh, taken his mercy off of somebody and let the devil whoop them for a while. That's why when we do deliverances, you know, I do exorcism and stuff, we hear about legal rights, legal rights. You never hear it. We have never been dealing with an angel, and I've been doing it for like 37 years, that I ever uh, got into a spiritual warfare that the angel speaks up and says, I'm the angel of God, and he's under uh, uh, our attack. Mm-mm. It's always the devil. Satan is the one who attacks us. God could take his hand off of our, his thoughts away from us. That's why we said, oh, I'm so glad you remember me, Lord. Because you don't want to go through the pain. You don't want to go through this uh, situation. Now, a lot of times, like Paul, Paul said he had three times that God would, what, let him free from the uh, pain that he was getting, that it was a messenger from Satan. He didn't say it's a messenger from God. He said it's a messenger from Satan who has buffered me. Okay. And then I asked the Lord, I asked the Lord three times that He would remove this from me, and the Lord says, "Nay, my grace is sufficient for you, because in your weakness I I am made strong." What it what it means is it's not that you get stronger because of your weakness, but you learn to depend on God more than you depend on yourself. And if God heals you, be glad. If God doesn't heal you, be glad. Either way, you're still here. You keep you keep on fighting. You never quit. Because just like uh, I went down to uh, Houston this time, I was looking for my hip to be healed. And I, as for those that know me, I've been having a hip problem for years. And they wanted to take me to the doctor and get a surgery and everything. I said, listen, if God healed my blind eyes, which he did, if God healed my back, which he did, if God healed my knees, which were bone on bone, which he did, I'm sure God can heal my hip when it's time. So my job is to keep on going on and still praising the God, even under tough times, even when I am afflicted. But it makes me go more and more back to the Lord. I hear you sometimes when you say the Lord is promoting you and blessing you. 
Well, you may not have said that a long time ago when everything's going easy for you. But let things go rough. Oh yeah, everybody knows how to cry to God, damn, even the atheists. I used to go, probably you probably heard that joke about uh, a Christian and an atheist in the foxhole, and the enemy was coming after him, getting ready to shoot them both. And then all of a sudden, the atheist cried out, "Oh Jesus, help me!" And so the the Christian turned to him and said, "I thought you said you didn't believe in Jesus, <laughs> but let things go wrong. Oh yeah, we well, you know how to right. cry out then." Mhm. Huh. Okay. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, now I personally, I was choosing to believe that the Lord wasn't sending diseases, but also if He wanted to, I had already decided that He's God, and you know, He can do what He wants. So mm-hmm. might as well just, <laughs> you know, thank Him anyways. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um. Right. Well, that answers that. Um, okay. And then I had another question. Now, this is, I think it's in the Proverbs, and this one I actually had sitting okay. up right here. Okay. And it is Proverbs 6 and 13. Okay, let me get to that. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, 6 and 13, isn't that your area code? 6, 13. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. okay. I thought I thought I heard I that mean, earlier. It might be. I'm not on my personal phone. Oh, okay. Well, I hear you. Well, they uh, it came six thirteen, and you remember what my birthday is? Three sixteen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, this was completely uh, unrelated. I, you know, okay. the Lord's everywhere so, doing what He does. Yep. So I, it says. I hear. What, what now? What chapter was that again? It is Proverbs six thirteen. Six thirteen, okay. I'm there with you. Okay. So it says he winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers. Um and it's in reference to a wicked man. Mm-hmm. And I was just uh, I have some cross references here I won't go into, but it's always talking okay. about you know, he who's winking with this eye and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm going to tell you, I I don't know a whole lot of people that I see in, in real life that wink. All I can mm-hmm. think of are, you know, on, on in movies where people in yep. fantasies are winking about stuff, mm-hmm. but I know the word is it, truth. What is this really talking about? Okay. Now, remember, I told you with, Hebrew words, it can be literal or it can be spiritual, and sometimes it's literal spiritual. So what he says, he says, he winketh with his eyes. He's, he's showing that, uh, I know you've probably seen somebody, they try to tell a joke, and you ain't getting it, but they wink with the eye to the other person. And they yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I've seen Yeah, especially when they're trying to downgrade you or put you down. Yeah, man, you're one of the best people we ever have. They wink at the other guy. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're the best thing for this company. And they wink at the other guy to let him know he ain't worth nothing here. So that's a naughty person. So in other words, he said when he said he wink at their eyes and stuff, and he speaketh with his feet, he teaches with his fingers. Because a lot of times you can uh, watch what the person be sitting, and if they're impatient with you, what do they start doing? 
patting their feet, right. up and down, patting their feet. Then the other thing that says, and they teach us with their fingers. You ever seen how they move their hand around when they're talking about you? Even some people who are doing teachings at churches or schools and stuff, they use their hands to teach. Hand is another word for you, which is Hebrew, which is another word for thought. But their, their thought, whatever a man thinketh, so is he, is manifesting through his body. Right. So, as I say, that's oh. basically symbolic, but that's what okay. it means. Here's the thing also. Here's where I kind of branched off mm-hmm. when I was thinking on this. So I've had some interesting um, dreams of things um, where it was like there were people, but they weren't talking with their mouth mm-hmm. or even there was no sound in my head. They were mm-hmm. doing weird foot movements or dances. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. they weren't people, but they were dancing. And I, you know, I know about interpretive dancing, which mm-hmm. is a bunch of silliness to me. But I know that it it meant something. It ha- it they were doing something. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then also yeah, fact, with the uh, – go ahead. Yeah, with the fact that they were not speaking, those are what we call shadow people. Sometimes right. you can see them out of, the corner, out of the corner of your eye. You look – I thought I seen somebody there, and nobody's there. That's them. And a lot right. of times what they're doing, they, they communicate by sign language and stuff like that. What you didn't see, but they're moving fast. But sometimes they do slow down. I've had some people told me they saw them, and they, they're they real tall and skinny. Most of them, the ones I see, are real tall and skinny. And they usually stay around people that have curses around them or curses mm-hmm. houses and stuff. And so that's why you have to be careful in what neighborhood you move into, what house you stay in and stuff. Is the people that you're with, like this one lady, she called me up. She said, I, I need help from an exorcist. I said, what seems to be your problem? She said, there's things floating around in my house. And, I mean, some of them are fast, sometimes they're slow. I said, have you did anything differently lately? She said, no, nothing I can think of. So I said, okay, well, let's meet. So we met to talk, and she brought this lady with her. And I looked at this lady, and I said, uh, how long have you been with her? She said, oh, she's been living with me about three weeks. We're, we're friends. I said, really? When did your problem start? She said, about three weeks ago. Um, I turned to her. I said, are you a wicked witch? She said, yes, but I only do nothing but white magic, good magic. <laughs> magic is magic. And I you said, mean a when white witch witch... for an exorcism? Well, not the woman. Her, she had the woman, she had a friend living there. Her friend was oh. the, uh, mm-hmm. and so she came because she thought her house was haunted. And it wasn't her house. It was her friend. I said, get rid of your friend. You'll get rid of the stuff floating around the house. But see, people don't want to hear that. Oh, this is my friend. He'll never do nothing wrong. He, she's my friend. She'll never do nothing wrong to me. Listen, you don't know what's inside there. All you see is the case shell outside. But by their fruits, you should know them. So that's what was wrong with her. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Well, I was going to say, uh, as far as the hand hand signs thing, too, I had, I had noticed that, too. I thought about the... Uh, how uh, much witchcraft is involved in a lot of these real big bad gangs, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, well, all of them really, and how they have their whole own languages of uh, hand signs and things. 
And I, yep. I had always, I had been thinking, you know, that's got to have some kind of demonic empowerment behind it. Can you mean to tell me just some, that, that just by themselves developed all these sophisticated signs? And so mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that that's some kind of demonic communication also past just what it means in the natural. Mm-hmm. See, okay. Everything is everything on this planet is set up on uh, words or signs. Mm-hmm. Words or signs. If you notice uh, a person walk, if he's in the military and he walks past somebody of a higher rank, like a, a major, and he's only a, a private, he takes right. his hand and salutes, and the the the, uh, the higher command will salute back. What is that saying? It's saying hello with respect. Well, they can do that by the, giving you a third finger. Well, that doesn't mean respect there. It means disrespect. So right, each right. kingdom has its own sign language and stuff. Huh. And that's why you got to be careful because when you start seeing them start uh, saying forming triangles and stuff with their hands and stuff, then they're putting curses on you. But if you see somebody that takes their hand, and they put them beside each other. You know, if you put your thumb against thumb, and then you wave them up and down, that is a blessing from the God of Israel. But see, the people don't know that. That's why we have to study, study, study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. That a workman need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Well, what happens when the, the word of truth don't help? Me? doesn't matter. The Bible says eat. Uh, ask, seek, and knock. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Never quit. But it's been years I've been suffering. I met the word in the Bible where the lady was suffered, what, 18 years? But I have a, a saying that I say somebody's got your mail, somebody's <laughs> got your delivery practice package. And what you had to do is find out which one has your mail or your, de- or your delivery pack, uh, package. And when your package is open, that's your time and your season. You'll get it. So there's no such thing with God. So all you have to do is keep on. Because he wants to see if you're going to keep seeking, if you're going to keep knocking, and you keep coming after him. Instead of, well, I done did it for 20 years, and you ain't did nothing, Lord. Can you imagine that lady, 18 years? <laughs> and she's finally said, I give up, and ain't nobody have nothing happening. Nothing happening for right. me. Twelve years. Nothing happened for me. My son, he's been going through this ever since he was a child. Nothing than setting free. They went to the disciples. It didn't help him. They came to Jesus. He said, first thing he said, How long must I suffer with y'all? He was, he was getting in un- to find out they were in unbelief. But then he said, Some of these things only come out through fasting and prayer. So in other words, don't quit. Don't quit. Hmm. My, uh uh, Daniel, he prayed for 20-some days and did not get the answer. He could have quit on the 21st, the 20th day, and things wouldn't have never happened for him. But he kept on to the 21st day, and that's when the answer came to Daniel. That's why you can't quit. I don't care if it looked like you're going down for the third time. Well, go on down for the third time. See if you don't come back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, uh, man of God, I, I tell you, this is uh, that really answers some questions, and I, you know, it re- really helped me uh, get my facts straight as far as uh, I, I had forgotten that you know he would uh, the Lord said that because he loves us like you know 
He corrects mm-hmm. us gently, but he won't kill us. And it's our mm-hmm. enemy who's attacking us. And then, yep. hey, you know, here we are. I can turn on the news and and see about, you know, all these gang members and stuff or, you know, National Geographic with the lockup. And then here I read in the Proverbs talking about, well, those – the wicked men, you know, they communicate that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible yeah. really does have what you need in there. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's all I had. And, uh, again, well, this thank been, you, uh, sir. a lot of revelations I've been getting, so – Thank you for Amen. that. Well, I'm glad to hear that because that's why I'm on the broadcast because I want to help people so badly. I want them to know it's the word that sets you free. That's why Jesus said, I am the word. I am the word, and the word will set you free. See, once people start reading and, and taking it as a, uh, a loaf of bread, give us this day our daily bread. Eat the loaf of bread. Munch on it. Meditate upon it. It's the word, and then after a while, the word will start working for you. Man, you mean miracles will happen? Yes. I remember I couldn't find a job. And all of a sudden, the word of God came to me, and next thing I know, jobs were coming out of nowhere. Another time I was broke, I had a spirit of poverty on me. I didn't know. But spirit of poverty on me, every time I get a little money, it would go out my pocket. But a man of God spoke into my life. He said, I'm speaking to your life. You'll never be broke again. That was over, oh, I guess 30-some years. And believe me, I have never been broke where I'm begging for bread or anything else. I've been down low money. <laughs> but at least I'd have a dollar or something I could eat. And God keeps his word. You believe the word, God will keep his word. You disbelieve the word, then doubt and unbelief will get in, and that's why you won't get your gifts. And then you had to wait longer. Look at Moses. Moses knew from the beginning that he was supposed to be the leader of the children of Israel. But he didn't get a chance to do it because of impatience, hurry and stuff. That he didn't get it until 80 years later. But he still got it. All right. Well, thank you, sir. And you have a blessed day, and I hope to see you Sunday. Well, okay. Okay, okay bye-bye. Bye. All right. Anybody else? Dorothy? We have, yeah, we have area code 814. Okay. Your mic is open, 814. Did you mute your phone with your chin? (laughs) I do that all the time. I hear you. Eight one four, are you there? Okay. Yeah, you got anything else, Dorothy? You want to ask or comment about? Uh, no, I'm good at the moment. Okay. So well, I should close eight one four's mic then. Well, well, if he, if he maybe just stepped over for a second here, because I got time. Okay, well, I'll leave it uh, open. Okay, I'll I leave it open. And he can... I thank God for my friend, uh, Daniel. He's a member of my church, and he's always got good questions and good answers, too, sometimes. He, uh, he did some of our teachings at our church. All right. He does have good see. questions. I was wondering, too, though, that I forgot for a minute. In the... Mm-hmm. um. 
as far as father putting things on us and, you know, us dealing with things, isn't part of that um, tied into he makes all things for those who love him for the good? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be included as, you know, because if you're sick, you're going to get closer to him? I think that was the initial verse he started with. Yeah. In fact, you know, the Bible says that God said, I will make up your sick bed for you. In other words, he let us know we're going to get sick sometimes. Not everybody, but different things happen to different people. And because, as I told you, the God of this world is Satan, and it's not God that punishes us. It ain't God that throws these things against us. It's Satan himself. He's the adversary. He is the God of this world. And because of high treason, in other words, we were not supposed to come under Satan's law at all. Well, because we wanted to be just like God without going through the class. <laughs> we wanted to be just like him without going through the class, and that's why we ran into trouble. We said, well, we'll let Satan teach us. And every time Satan teaches you, the first thing you do, he makes you smile for a while, then he kicks the light out from you, and then laughs at you when you fail. All right. So area code 814, you there? You must have got busy. Area code eight one four. Hmm. That's all right then. Well, let's go back to Revelation, the second chapter, and uh, the third verse. I always like to go back a little ahead. Well, I've already been over. Let's go to the second verse. It says, I know your works and thy labor and thy patience, and how you cannot bear or tolerate them which are evil. They have tried them, tested them, see if they're who they say they are, that says they are apostles or sent one. That means the word apostle here doesn't mean uh, the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, but it's talking about somebody who says they've been sent. I always say that there's some that have been called and some just packed up and went. Well, that's some of these, what they call so-called uh, ministers of God, and are not, and have been found them liars. And has, um, God has borne and has patience for that my name's sake, uh, has labored and not fainted. In other words, here you started off with the Lord, and you keep on going with the Lord. Even though the road looks tough, the road is bad, you can't figure out how you're going to make it, then you start depending on the Lord. And that's why I said, and not think. Don't quit. Keep on going. But I, I can't go no more. I, I, I did everything I can do. I believe God, and God ain't did nothing for me. But look back and count the little things that he's been doing for you the whole time. He said, if you be masters over little, I'll make you masters over much. In other words, he's letting you go through the trials and tribulations. He's not putting the bad things on you. He's letting you go through the trials and tribulations so that you will prove to yourself who you are. And one of the secrets of the kingdom of God, and then most people say, well, what do you mean, the secrets? There are secrets all through the kingdom of God. One of the secrets of the kingdom of God is to be not afraid. Fear not, all through the Bible. Fear not, fear not. Every time an angel, fear not, fear not. The second thing is uh, don't be timid. Devil, leave me alone. It ain't working, God. Devil, leave me alone. It ain't, he's not listening to me. No, you got to get down in the devil's face. Look, devil, 
I'm about to whoop your rear end. Now, you attack me, I'm going to attack you because the Bible says, greater is he who's in me. Bible says, if I uh, submit myself and God, resist the devil, that he will flee from me. The Bible says, I overcome evil with good. The Bible says, and you start quoting that thing and staying in that devil's face. After a while, he'll leave you alone. He might come back later on, but the same thing with Jesus did. He quoted that scripture. He quoted the scripture. He quoted the scripture. Till finally the devil left him for a season. Or it says he left him for another time. Because he got whooped. He got whooped. So that's the thing that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to fight. We're supposed to be the victor, not the victim. Having a mentality that, oh, you shouldn't have picked on me. You should have picked on somebody else. You should know that your weapon is not going to work on me. Or are you working on my kids? Well, that's all right. I'm going to whoop some more of your demons. I'm going to whoop some more of your uh, lies. I'm going to whoop some more of your people. In other words, you attack my family, I'm attacking the devil's family. That's why I tell them, you want peace? Stay away from me. You want a war? Come on. Because God told me, he said, uh, the fearful and the timid will have their part in the lake of fire. I ain't going to that thing being scared. As I said, one preacher said, why go to hell in a, in a, a Volkswagen when you can go in a Rolls Royce? <laughs> go for the gusto. Don't go for the little. Show them the devil that you are meaning what you say about God and you believe God and God going to help you through. All right, yes, Lord. All right, then it says, Nevertheless, I have something against you because you have left the first love. What is the first love? Now, people go around and say, well, you got to show you love one another. What is the first love? Your first love was the word of God. When you got heard the word of God, that's what changed you. That's what got you rearranged. That's what kept you reading the word of God, when you were in love with the word. But after a while, you get a little, well, I'm getting more mature. I don't have to read the Bible like I used to. I'm getting more mature. I don't have to understand the Bible like I had used to. I'm getting more mature. I don't have to praise and worship more than 15 minutes, and God got it. Oh, God said the word, the word. How did I, you get saved? By the word. By the washing of the word changes your mind. The more you read the word, the more stronger you will become in God. And when God doesn't do something for you, Go back and read again. Look for what you might have missed. There's uh, this preacher named uh, Or Roberts, and his main thing was, I knew him. His main thing was uh, he studied Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, constantly studied that, constantly, before he went out to minister. He knew those four books. He had it down pat, and that's what gave him power because the word will do the work. Like you, all of a sudden you'd be talking to somebody, and all of a sudden you get a word of knowledge. This person got uh, cancer, and you'll ask them, uh, I see you must have pain, and it's on your your left-hand side. Uh, the doctors don't tell you you got cancer there. And you, this person, knew you ain't talking to them. They don't know nobody you know, and you talked about it. And then he said, now, God told me to tell you that he's healing that part. God has remembered you, and he's healing that part. They go back to the doctor, and they're healed. That's because when you flow by the Spirit and not by your eyesight, when you understand that it is the Word of God that works through you, then you'll start receiving things from the Word of God. And remember, it's always an appointed time. Just because you ain't got it today, you didn't get it tomorrow, you ain't got it in 20 years, doesn't matter. It will happen if you keep on believing. Faint not. Man, you always pray and faint not. 
never quit. All right, let's keep on going here. Oh, the fifth verse. Remember, therefore, from whence you have fallen. See, something was wrong. He may not fail something. What is it? Studying the word of God. And repent. That means have a changed mind. And do the first works. Practice what you you preach. Practice what you preach. What did I preach? The word of God. What I hear the word says, I say, and I do it. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove your candlesticks out of his place, except you repent. In other words, he'll destroy your church. And the churches have been destroyed quite a bit, but it isn't God that does. Just like here comes a, a tornado. <laughs> and the preachers living next door to the church, tornado comes, destroys his house, and he gets killed. Then the man down the street, dope dealer, the same tornado runs right down the street and kills the dope dealer. First thing the church people said, it was the devil that killed our pastor. Most times you ain't pray for your pastor. It wasn't the devil. Just, I mean, it wasn't God killed you. Or the, let me get back to the, the other person, the dope dealer. He said, they said, well, God killed that dope dealer. No. Listen, Satan is in charge of the weather. Satan is in charge of the weather. Did Jesus bring up that storm in, on the, uh, the Sea of Galilee? No. But he rebuked the storm and shut it down. That's why we have to really look at what does the Bible say versus what it doesn't say versus what people say it says. And if you don't start reading and keeping up on your scriptures, you will not know the truth, and you'll be a dead tree trying to blossom something that you ain't got. All right, then it says, uh, the sixth verse, but this thou hast, that thou hatest the, ne- the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. To him that overcomes, will I give him to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden. The presence of God. That's the word paradise. Is another per, another word for that angel I told you about, and that is Uriel, the presence of God. So, and it says, and then to the angel of the church of Smyrna. Well, let's finish up with this church here, Ephesus. You notice it said he hates the deeds of the Nicolonians. Well, as far as I learned, I, I studied and I looked it up. It means that these people used to have uh, sexual orgies in front of the church. They believe that that would sexually cleanse them, and then they'd be what is going to the church. But God said, "No, that is not his. That is not his church. <laughs> that is not how he he wanted it run." And then he says, "Now I'm warning you: if you continue to do that, which I also hate, then you're going to come up under the law, and the law is going to destroy you." That's why you have to look at what Jesus said. I don't come to condemn you, but there's one that will continue. And it's talking about Moses or the law. That's what it meant. The law will get you. If you don't come up under me, then you'll go up under the law. So anyway, uh, as I said, that, that last part, the seventh verse, says, He that has an ear, let him hear. Hear, hear. The word hear means uh, Shamir, Israel, Ananah, Anahinu. That's uh, the Hebrew words for hero Israel. Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. That's what every Jew tried to say before he dies. The last thing out of his mouth, hero Israel. Well, that, the word here is uh, Adonai, Anahinu. All right. 
Then it says, what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Churches mean a body of believers. It doesn't mean a building. You can go to buildings all day long, but if you don't have somebody who's a believer that's in there, that believes what the Word says, you just got a bunch of people in there, no believers. To him that overcomes, I will give him the of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the uh, paradise or the present, unto the angel of the church of Smyrna, right? These things says the first and the last, which was dead and alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that says they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. A lot of religious people are going to be surprised in the end uh, about religious spirit. Everybody needs to check themselves daily, daily, to see if you're really in the faith. Are you walking in religion? Or are you re- really walking in the word of God? This is what you got to look at. And how you say things will let you know if you got the spirit of God speaking that day or the devil speaking that day. Can you have both? Yes. Your body and your soul is still in the natural place here. But your spirit has been born again. And it's like a little bitty voice speaking to you, telling you, don't do this, don't say that, do this, do that. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit talking to you. And because he doesn't talk very loud, a lot of people don't believe they got the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe they have uh, the Holy Spirit operating through them. See, the thing is, all you have to do is look back at the book, and the book interprets itself. And what is the thing that says? These gifts shall follow them. These signs and wonders. They said these are the 12 gifts. In other words, the gifts will show you who you are. The fruit of the Spirit will show you how you operate. The fruit will show you love, joy, peace, uh, mercy, and kindness. The uh, the thing of a tree that is not born again brings forth uh, things that hurt you and stuff, things that contrary to your spirit that does not produce fruit but to produce death. That's what Satan comes to do, steal, kill, and destroy. He produces death. All right? Then it says, the 10th verse, fear none of these things. Remember I told you about fear. Fear will get you thrown into the lake of fire. Fear none of these things which shall, thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried or tested, and you shall have tribulation. Ten days be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. What does it mean? I got to go through tribulation 10 days. 10 days means until it's complete. Some people can go through a, uh, a, a test, you know, like you, you've been at school and everything. Somebody sits down and then go through that test in 15 minutes. Another person takes them an hour to get through the same test. But the thing is, you're going to go through a test, you're going to be tried, and then you're the one who's going to discover the outcome if it's going to be fast or slow. Then it says, uh, be tried and put in prison so that you may be tried or tested even more. So he said, but if you have be faithful unto death until it's completed, I will give you a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has said unto the churches. He that overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And the angel of the church uh, in Pergamos write these things, 
says he that has a sharp sword with two edges. Now, let's stop right here. Let's go back to the 11th verse. And I know there's somebody out there asking right now, and that is, what is the second death? Why does it say, he that overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death? In other words, those that are here, that uh, make it through the test that's in Revelation, in other words, that you're uh, raptured out of here, or you fulfilled your your mission here, that uh, you got your head cut off, and people say, well, I don't believe in that. They they don't do that. Nobody's that. Listen, when I first entered the ministry, I told my son-in-law, I said, you're going to see in the newspaper one day what they're going to tell you. They got over uh, so many guillotines in the United States. And he said, yeah, okay, just kind of wiped me off. But it wasn't even a week later. They showed in the newspaper they were, they had built, I mean, about 30,000 guillotines. And since then, that was over 30 years ago. You no telling how many got now. And that's according to the Bible, the book of Revelation, where it says they had their heads cut off. Well, now that they had died once, the second death, when we come to rule and reign, we shall not die. We will live and not die and proclaim the works of God. Amen. All right. Anybody else got any questions and stuff? This is a good time to call in and see what the Lord has for anybody. Okay, Dorothy, you don't have anything? Uh, no. Uh, let me check with 814. Area code 814, do you have a question? Uh, hello? Uh, 814. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I've been, I've been talking, but uh, some something must have been was wrong with my Skype. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this is good. This is who? And uh, Greg. Oh, okay, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, my question is, I've been struggling with uh, on and off back and neck pain, like constantly. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like I can't. You know, it's like when it comes to prayer and the Bible, I'll put the time in. You know, I want to do those long uh you know, reading the Bible for a long time, praying, really praying through, spending a lot of time. But it's whenever I get hit with that, when it goes up into the neck, I get that, you know, almost like, uh, I don't know if you, like a drunken state or, you know, you feel like your your mind isn't there to the point where, okay. you know, you can't do the work. And uh, yeah. so off and on, I've been battling back and forth between, is it, uh, spirit of infirmity or and then I take the other side and say well God gave me a body and I know that you know the Bible says about eating from uh, every tree in the garden but not the knowledge of good and evil so Mm -hmm. I was thinking that maybe he wanted me to uh, study how you know and go that route and I've been mm-hmm. kind of battling back and forth between well, let's, learning let's how to look. stretch, let's, you know, exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look to see what's in there right now. I tell you, are you feeling any pain right now? I know. Uh, for the last couple of hours, uh, I mm-hmm. took a cold shower, and then I threw one of those 10 units on my back. So I've okay. had that loosening things mm-hmm. up. But I, 
if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been on the call. You know, I would have just been okay. too out of it. Too. Okay. The reason I ask is I want to ask the Lord to, to seek what's there. And the only way I can find out is if you still feel the pain. If you don't feel the pain is, you know, you have no way of saying. But let's just do this anyway. Uh, now, I'm not going to explain everything I do because I tell you, I do exorcisms. That means to cast out demons. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Most churches don't do it. But I don't have to be there physically to see if what the Lord will search out for me. So right now, I bring Greg to the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you, Lord, for this day that we can rejoice and be glad in it. I come against every legal right that's been holding him under the bondage. I take the sword of the Spirit, and I draw the bloodline between me and him. He cannot hurt me, himself, or anybody else agreeing with this prayer. I take the sword of the Spirit, and I cut the silver cord of witchcraft, vanity, affliction, retaliation, and ley lines. I now cut all ungodly soul ties all the way down to the ground. I cut off powers, thrones, dominions, and principalities of evil and darkness from behind gray, each side of each side of gray, below gray, in front of gray, and on top of gray. I loosen the word of God to cleanse him, to destroy the work of the devil. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Did you feel anything? Man, uh, not did, really. Did, okay, that's that's good. We just we're trying to check right now. I enter into the spiritual realm and I pull out every evil snake that's been against him. I pull them out by the head and I throw them to the ground. I pull out the rattlesnakes, copperheads, uh uh the condolini spirit I untwisted from around the spine. I throw it to the ground, I pull out the condolini spirit from out of the stomach, and I throw that to the ground. I loosen Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire in the mighty name of Jesus. They enter from the top of his head to the sole of his feet and break him free from everything that the enemy has thrown at him. Father, that I loosen Psalms 82 right now that God judges among the gods. I loosen Psalms 23 that the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, his shepherd and he shall not want. For I loosen Psalms 24, open up the gates and of and let the King of Glory come on in right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus Christ's name, Amen and Amen. Do you feel any different? Amen. Do you feel like something lifted off of you? Oh. You feel lightheaded. Yeah, I feel I feel oh, yeah. better. I mean, Amen. okay. I tell I was it was just it, it comes and it goes. It's like uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think the real thing is. I've been on the kind of like cross in the fish finish line in many areas of my life. And it's like mm-hmm. this kind of, uh, it's like I get hit before I can finish something. So I don't okay. know, if, you know, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe they lay in wait. Well, that's why I was trying to break off all, what I was doing just now, trying to break off legal rights on you. And like yeah. it's a lot of times, when you're doing, you're breaking off legal rights off of people. They can feel things. They can feel. Sometimes they feel a little coldness. Sometimes they feel pain. Sometimes they feel a lightheaded. So that's why I was asking. And so that is that's one of our prayers that we use to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Amen. 
A lot so of times uh, God will speak to me about what he did in a dream. You know, usually that's how I'll get it. You know, he'll explain what mm-hmm. happened. You know. Okay. Well, we just touched and agreed just now. That's what we're looking for. Let's see if there's anything else there. Because when I pull out the Kondalini spirit, that is uh, a witchcraft spirit or what we call the false holy spirit. They Amen. they do miracles too, but it's not God. It's the God of this world, not the God that we serve. So I use my hand now and I ra- I put it to your back, and I loosen up fire, Holy Ghost fire. I loosen Psalms 18 and Psalms 24 and Psalms 22 against the enemies of the Most High God, and I set at liberty the man of God who is going to be going forth from this day forth being different, being not like other men, being different, the way the word of God can go through him and that it can be manifest in other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You watch if the Lord don't amen. start sending you people. The Lord's going to send you people to, for you to witness to, people that normally would not listen to somebody else, but they're going to listen to you, and they won't even know why. Well, you have a blessed day, brother, okay? Amen. Thank you. Okay. You got any other questions or anything? Uh, no. No. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, continue to listen. Man. God bless you. Okay? Amen. All right. Dorothy, is there anybody else? No, that's it. Um, okay. That neck problem, that's right in the at the bottom of the brain stem. That's why I think the hooligans really like attacking that area because it can really mm-hmm. mess you up. So mm-hmm. That's why we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and we cut all ungodly soul ties because that's where they come from, right there in the back of the neck. And that's why we do it all the way down to the ground because we have all those different uh, kingdoms to go through that's in the back of a person until they've been uh, cleansed by the word of God, they do attack. So that's why we take the sword of spirit and we actually take the Bible and said, I now cut ungodly soul ties all the way down. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Kundalini at the base of the spine and the the other hooligans at the top of the spine is just... (laughs) It's like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe in that. They say, no, I don't believe that. Listen, why do you think they call it on the back of a woman, down below, up above, or behind, a tramp stamp? Because that's where the demons yep. are at. They're invading. They're not, it's not their home, but they're taking over there. That's the tramp stamp. And when these people get it, they're making a seal on their body to Satan. They just don't realize it. I see, and if they want to know about more about the seals or what they call the tattoos, you'll find them in uh, the book of Isaiah. I think it's the 28th chapter and about the 19th verse. All right, now we get to the, back to this here. Let's see how much time we got left. I'm saying we done did pretty good so far. The Lord's really been blessing. We got we got the. Uh, the first chapter, and we ended up on the second here now. And it says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write these things, which says he has the two-edged sword, uh, sharp sword with two edges. 
I know your works, where thou dwellest even when Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name. The word name means authority, okay? Hold fast to his authority, God's authority. We don't need the devil's authority. We just use God's authority, which is in the Holy Ghost, and has not denied my faith or the trust in the days where Antipas was my faithful mortar who was slain among among you where Satan dwelt. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast them that holds the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast stumbling blocks before the children of Israel, not to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and commit fornication. That's part of that Nickelodeon thing I was telling you earlier, that they were having sex in front of the temple, in front of their idols and stuff, and think they're going to serve everybody's God. Look, we got one God and one God only, the God who created the heaven and the earth. That's our God. So then it says, and has the 15th, and it says, Thou have also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I things I hate. Repent, or else I will come upon thee quickly and will fight against thee with the sword of my mouth. In other words, he will use the word of God against you. And you have, and he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. To him that overcomes, will I give him to eat of the hidden manna. Manna means, what is this? When they were eating it back in the, uh, the wilderness, they, they picked it up as manna. And so that's what they named it. And manna means, what is this? That's all they were. They didn't know. They just must be an angel's food as far as they were concerned. And will give to him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written that no man knows except he that receives it. And to the angel of the church of Thessalonica write, these things said the Son of God, who has the eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and the work of the last to be more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against thee, because thou suffered that woman who calls herself the prophetess, Jezebel. I think I got a little hit of myself. To teach and seduce my servant, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed to idols. The first thing you'll notice, Jezebel's in a woman, or Jezebel in a man. Well, it's, God knows we're only human, and because we ain't married, we we got to have sex some kind of way. You know, I got to relieve myself. And then that's when you come into masturbation, uh, all this other perverted stuff. And then there's still sex, but it's not the right sex because you have not sealed it with the word of God. And then, in other words, let a preacher pray over according to the, the, the laws of the land. And because of that, if she or he, talking about, well, God knows the only human, let's go ahead and do it and we can repent in the morning. Get away from those people. Get away. They're trying to seduce you. They're trying to get you into works that is not of the most high God, but the works of the flesh, which is the works of the devil. Then it says, I know thy work and charity. In other words, when he says, I know all the things you done did, and he said, and he did more, love, charity, love, charity. But nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Now, if God says, I got something against you, it means you're lacking something. Just like the man came to him and he said, look, I kept all the laws since I was from my youth up. He said, what else do I do? He said, you're lacking one thing. Sell what you have and then follow me. 
and give it to the poor. And he couldn't do it because he had so much money. And he was dependent on his money except on the faith of God. So it says, um, the 21st verse, I give her a space to repent of her fornication, and she she repented not. Behold, I'll cast her in the bed with them that commit adultery, with her that uh, great tribulation, except they that repent of their deeds. What he's talking about is the churches, the ones that were the sexual stuff that was going on, the sexual sins that were going on, everything that God would teach us not to do, they would do it anyway. But he said, I'm going to treat you the same as an adulterer because see, fornication, uh, it just gets you a whooping. So, and I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to know whooping from God because <laughs> you're his child. He's got to whoop you, and he whoops you in, in love. If you're a child of the devil, the devil whoops you, and he don't whoop you it, uh, as long as you're doing what's happening to him to make him feel good because he wants your worship. All right. And so when he said he gave a chance for that church to repent, he was talking about the believers. He said, but I'll make them just like the fornicators, which is death. The wages of sin is death. And commit adultery is death. Uh, and the 23rd, and I will kill her kids with death. And all the churches shall know it is I which searches the reins and hearts. I will give to every man according to their works. When he says, I will, I will kill her kids, it means he turns them over to Satan. Because it's Satan's job to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. He whoops us and he gets us back on the right track. Satan destroys us so we don't get on the strange track and we go to perdition. Then says, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyamica, as many of them that does not uh, have not this doctrine, which has not known the death of Satan, as I speak, I will put uh, put I will put upon you none other burden that which you have already uh, on the twenty fifth said, but which you have already hold fast till I come. In other words, the Bible teaches us. Occupy until he comes. Keep fighting to do what's right. If you get overcome with evil, overcome evil with good. Repent. Right then, repent. And get out there and realize you got to bring some fruits of repentance. You can say, oh, Lord, you know, I'm only here when I ask you to forgive me. And then you walk away like nothing happened. No. you got to repent. Lord, I, I got weak. I'm sorry that I got weak. I'm going to strive a little harder. You say, fast, fast. If you say, speak, speak. If you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. And it says, the 26th, and he that overcomes and keeps his eyes, uh, keeps my works until the end, to him I will give him power over the nation. He shall rule them with a rod of iron that as a vessel of potter, shall be broken and shiver to shivers, even as I receive my of my father. I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. In other words, he said, I'm going to give you authority over the other people if you do what I tell you to do. And you will rule them with a rod of iron. That comes out of uh, Proverbs, no, uh, Psalms 20, no, Psalms 2, verses 8 and 9, if you go look it up. All right, and that's part of the prophecy that God had given before Jesus was ever born. 
there was like 3,000 prophecies over Jesus. That's what's the difference between our Bible and theirs. We prophesied things before it comes to pass to show that our God is the God of everything. He's in charge. The heavens and the earth were made by him, but he gave it to man, and man gave it to the devil. All right. Uh, and when he says, I will give him the morning star, that means he will give you wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. But with all you're getting, get an understanding. And then he says, he has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. Churches means a place of gathering. All right. Of believers. All right. Well, let me see here. We already got up to chapter 2 to chapter 3. And that's where we'll go at next week. Uh, main thing is that we got to understand we got a devil we're fighting, and we got to be able to fight this devil and understand what is a normal Christian life. So let me turn over to Mark, the 16th chapter, and the 16th verse. 16, 16. And it reads like this. Well, let's go 15. And he said unto them, who is that? Jesus, because he turns to read. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every Christian. For those that's been listening to this broadcast, you know the word gospel means prophecy. That's what it means, prophecy. And if you're going to learn anything, you learn it through prophecy. All the way through the Bible from Genesis 3 and 15, there's prophecy about Jesus. That's what the good news is. He had already prophesied that the word would become flesh and it will dwell among us and we will behold the uh, glory of God as the only begotten son of the king, of the glory, of the God that we serve. So no, he said, there, go out there and preach this, that everything is by the prophecy of God. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was prophesied before it even happened. Before he became king of kings, the Bible uh, prophesied that there would be a king that was born and that they would see his light. It's in the Bible. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. So go into the world and prophesy the gospel to every living creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. In other words, it says preach about the prophecies, that the prophecies are what God put out there, and if they believe, they will understand and they will operate in the prophecies. But he that believes not shall be down. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name means authority. Shall do cast out devils. That's the first thing he requires us to do. They shall speak with new tongues. Not everybody doesn't speak with tongues. But sooner or later you will. And you don't have to worry about trying to learn how to speak tongues. The tongues comes from the Spirit of God. And it will activate itself. It don't need you to activate it. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, if it, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Then it says, and, then after, and so then after the Lord had spoken these things, he was received up into heaven among the people in the cloud, the clouds of the people up there, and sit on the right hand of God. And they went forth, preaching everywhere, or going forth and prophesying everywhere, the Lord's working with them, and confirming the word with signs following all of them. 
In other words, when you operate into the spirit of God, you don't control the gift. The gift controls you. You just speak what you hear the Holy Spirit speak and watch the prophecy come to pass. I had a lady that I was preaching up there in, uh, well, let me back it up a little bit. I was down in Texas, and uh, I didn't know which way to go or what to do. And I said, Lord, I don't have no clue what you want me to do. And I said that, and I was in a church. And all of a sudden, the pastor, which I did not know, the first time I ever met him, was in the pulpit preaching. And all of a sudden, he walked down the pulpit, walked to the back of the church where I was at, and he said, you, God just spoke to me about you. He said to tell you to go east, southeast. Now, this man didn't know nothing about me. And here he's telling me, God said, go east, southeast. Well, after I left that church, I went back to Kansas City. And as soon as I got to Kansas City, I got a phone call. This lady said, I've heard about you, and I'd like to know, would you come to my church and run a seven-day revival? I said, well, where, do you, where is your church? She said, uh, Boston, which is east of Kansas City. I said, yes, I am. And so she sent me my plane ticket. I flew out there, and everything that the devil could do to stop me, he did. Sent uh, ice, snow, rain, icy rain and stuff. But I, I stopped the plane from going, taking off. But I refused of letting the devil stop me. But I was going to go forth to minister. I get there, ended up going to the lady's house. Was there, ran a, a service for seven days. And during the time I was running the service, this guy, him and another guy, was out in front of the church. And they were drunk, and they heard the gospel, and they came in to get saved. Now, here's the miracle. They spoke only Portuguese. One spoke English, and the other one spoke number Portuguese. Well, the one who spoke English got saved, went back outside doing the same service, and started winning souls. Because there's a lot of people that walking past, they were from uh, Portuguese, uh, Portuguese descent. And they understood what you're saying. That's how souls got saved. Another time, in the same church, as I was sitting there, this lady was sitting off on the side, and I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, her name is Mary. I never met this lady. I don't know nothing about her. And I looked at her. I said, you. I said, your name is Mary. And the Lord said, and all I did was repeat what I heard the Holy Spirit tell me. And when I got through, she said, another prophet had came in two weeks early and said the exact same thing. And so that's why I tell people, I said, understand the gospel is about the prophecy of Jesus Christ and the prophecy about the uh, the miracle gifts, the signs and wonders shall follow, prophecy. Then he said, even though uh, before Jesus was born, he was prophesied he's going to be born, where he's going to live at, that he's going to be crucified, that he's going to die, that he's going to raise from the grave. All these are prophecy, and Jesus fulfilled them to let us know the God that we serve is the one true God, which is the God of prophecy. That's why we have to really look through the scriptures, look through the scriptures. Then it tells you in that last verse, on that 20th verse, it says, and they went forth, who? The people that were sent by God. We call them apostles, but everything is not, uh, everybody who is sent forth is called an apostle which means one they were sent forth to preach. Then it says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Change the word to preach, to prophesy. That's why they say women should not uh, preach in the church. They need to change that word to prophesy. And the women are supposed to prophesy in the church. The greatest prophet of all time was, they called, him a, they called her 
a prophet. Not a prophetess. They called her a prophet. She was the best of all times, and that was Sarah. That's why the Shekinah glory stayed over her house as long as she was alive with Abraham. So just because uh, you're, you're a female body doesn't mean that you're, you're not called to preach. It means that you're not called to be over rule over man. And just like no children are supposed to rule over women and rule over their husbands. The Bible tells you that. All we have to do is just stick with what the Word says, no matter what everybody else says. I got a Word from God. I have a belief in God. This. Listen, stick with the Word. You can't go wrong. Use the words according to what it says. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. One day I'll teach about that either. But that 20th verse says, the Lord working with them, confirming the Word, with signs following. If you want miracles to happen at your church, preach the word. Preach the word in season, out of season, prophesy. Prophesy. A lot of times people don't prophesy because they're afraid. Well, if I prophesy something wrong, then we're going to get in trouble. Yeah, because you're not listening to God. God never misses it. Whatever he prophesies, it's going to come to pass. So that's why we, as the children of God, must study, 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 study. Put in the time with the Lord, and he will bless you going in, bless you going out. You will be the head and not the tail. Everything will seem like, even when it's going wrong, it still looks like it goes your way. Because he said those things that uh, for those that love God and are called to his purpose, not just those who love God, but called to his purpose, then he'll work those things out for your good. I don't care how bad the devil tried to sit you down, how the devil tried to put you out and everything, ah, but my God says, if he's with me, I don't care who's all against me, that he's with me, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. The things that I need, it says, oh, my God shall supply all of my need through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Greater is he in me because I submit myself to God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The more you get power, the more the devil will back off of you. Then you'll start seeing trying to use trickery. Well, he'll send somebody else, uh, in the church, in the church, and say, well, if you believe what I say and if you obey what I say, then God's going to bless you and you'll get everything you need and everything. I can't lose with the stuff I use. Listen, get away from all that junk. You're exactly what the word says. If you will believe, you shall receive. Go to Mark, the 11th chapter. Go to the... Uh, the beginning of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was uh, uh, dark and without form and darkness on the face of the deep. Then it goes again for another one that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, Mark 1.1. Then go to the next 1.1, which is John 1.1, which says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I keep giving you all back the secrets. Don't be fearful. Spend time with the word. If you work the word, work the word. How do you work the word? Start prophesying. See, if, and I don't mean something out of your own heart and out of your own mind, but ask the Lord, Lord, tell me what I should say. Tell me who I should speak to. Who should I give a word to today? And all of a sudden, you see miracles coming to pass. People like uh, a lady who had no food and no milk. Her kid was hurting. And this other guy prayed a prayer. The prayer was, Lord, 
I believe in you, but I just don't understand. I I want to see a miracle. And so the Lord told him to go buy a, a bottle of milk. Now, he wants to know great things and mighty things. And stuff. But if you're faithful of the little things, God could make you rule over much. So he got a bottle of milk. And then the Lord told him where he wanted to go. And he said, well, that's down in the ghetto. I don't know nobody down there. And anyway, I could get robbed. But the Lord don't speak, don't argue with you. He'll tell you something. And then he waits to see if you're going to do it or not. And so he finally went on down, put it, took the bottle down to this address, and he put it on the doorstep. He said, now ring the doorbell and leave. So he rang the doorbell and, and hid outside, right? And this man came up. He's looking around trying to find out where did this come from. It was a bottle of milk. And he started crying and said, Lord, you are faithful. You supplied what I need. He said his baby was hungry and needed some milk. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're willing to believe, God is willing to show you who he really is. But you must really be willing to believe. So as I say, next week we'll start on uh, Revelation 3. And I know some of y'all might, if you really want to hear the rest of the book of uh, Acts, call me. Let me know. You know, send in some kind of comment, and I will finish up the book of Acts. Other than that, all I'm doing is trying to teach you to read. I'm teaching you how to get hungry for the word, how that the word will operate in you, and it will operate mightily as you start to study in the word. There was a preacher that I used to know. His name was R.W. Schoenbach, and his favorite scripture was, or what he used to say, uh, you ain't got no trouble. All you need is faith in God. <laughs> and that's the truth. You really don't have no trouble. You just need faith in God, trust in God, that God will bring it forth. Hello, Dorothy. You got anything to say before we get ready to get off the air? Uh, no, I, I just have to back up what you're saying that, uh, you know, as you study scripture and you put the scripture inside of you and, and you vow to yourself, if I hear Father tell me something, I'm going to do it. And you will see all sorts of examples. In scripture, mm-hmm. where people did that, and and you'd be amazed, one little step of faith into obedience can change your life. I'm serious for real, as my kids used to say. Mm-hmm. Serious for real, mom. <laughs> I hear you. And the main thing is people just really submit themselves unto God, submit themselves unto God. And resist the devil, because the devil's going to say, you don't need to study. You don't need to praise God that much. You ain't got to do this. You ain't got to do that. You don't need to go to church. You can be an undercover Baptist, stay at home, and just say you're Baptist, and everybody believes it. Instead of searching the word out for yourself, see how long these people used to worship God. How early in the morning did Jesus get up before he got with the disciples praying? How many uh, hours a day did the uh, prophets have to pray? See, the thing is, most people don't know about these things. And that's why we, we as the children of God, got to teach each one about the word, about his prophecy, and how we need to go forth. So, Dorothy, will you go ahead and pray for us since you told me to pray for the beginning? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, another thing that the enemy will do to you when you're trying to, to uh, study is he'll give you a headache mm-hmm. or he'll make you sleepy 
or you know, oh, yeah. he'll make you feel mm-hmm. he'll make you feel so crummy you think you're gonna die. So just mm-hmm. rebuke it. And I That's was thinking, right. yeah, it'd be so much easier with that guy with the neck and back problems if it is hooligans. Because that's easier mm-hmm. to deal with than a physical problem, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. Father, thank you for this lesson tonight. Thank you for the phone calls with the questions. And thank you for the wisdom you have given, Pastor James. Please. What I would like most for the audience is for you to give them that hunger for the word. You know the hunger I'm talking about. Yes, yes. The, the, that hunger where you just cannot live without it. They need that. They need more of you. And bless yes. them mightily. And they're coming in and they're going out. Thank you, Father. Thank you for answering that prayer. And everybody yes, said, Amen. 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 Oh. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the truth. That's what it is. That's the truth. All right, yep. I'll be talking to y'all in two weeks I'm glad for all those that called in Those that had uh, a mind to listen in I'm glad for y'all too And as I say uh, I will see what the Lord tells me to do next uh, In two weeks And let the word go forth Because everybody Doesn't need the same word at the same time But everybody needs the word Amen So God bless until Amen. next time I'll talk to you later, Dorothy. Okay, you have a blessed night, Pastor James. You too. Good night, everyone. <laughs>